0: Yo, 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 hey, 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 we are back! With another episode of Dialogue Heavy and with George Truly, Michael Anthony McMillan. Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to your boy. So, as you know, we got to be intentional and deliberate with this life. So, I will tell you two things. One, I started this podcast, the Dialogue Heavy podcast. Two, Share my stories with my friends, my friends, family, and friends. And the second part is to, you know, hopefully garner the attention of the people that will help me share my stories with the world. And that's what we're doing. So, today we're continuing on our journal entries of Nun. Titled Nun, about a nun who is trying to get some. You know what happened in the last episode. Uh, she had some dreams about a young man at a, uh, 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 at, that she met at a wedding, a, guy, a gentleman named Germany. And um, Sister Tiffany was getting married and her brother Germany is this young, beautiful man that um, Sister Edna was attracted to. Uh, they embraced and had a hug and she you know, soaked up every second of it. And then the night of the wedding, when she went home, uh, went to the convent, her room in the convent, She um, had a dream about him and where she was in a bar of all places, drinking alcohol of all things and watching a basketball game. And um, Sir Germany came in there and um, somehow, some way they met out each other out back in the alleyway and um, made out and stuff like that. And then and then she was taken home by a taxi when the taxi guy got there, (laughs) angry that she wasn't in front of the bar. All of a sudden, Germany was missing and um that such are dreams right where not, nothing really makes sense but you know she's basically saying how she she doesn't know what she's going to do now and um and that all these dreams and these feelings of wanting to uh, have sex are coming to a head and she's going to have to do something she's going to have to talk to somebody she doesn't know whether to go back to the church where she's been talking to the priest and continue to confess she doesn't know whether she should talk to her sisters she doesn't know if she should just go out there and have sex but um, she's going to have to figure something out, and um, in this next chapter, she's going to tell us what she came up with, so I'm going to continue there. So, without further ado, I bring you journal entry number 288 in None. and as you know, everything on the Dialogue Heavy podcast has been, thus far, has been written and or recited by yours truly, Michael Anthony McMillan. So, here we go, None journal entry two. Eight eight. Well, I'm fucked. Correction, I am completely fucked, and I know any second of any day, Sister Superior Meryl and the other girls are going to kick me the hell out of this convent. I mean, I don't know what I'm gonna do or say when they finally do come to me, but I imagine my only choices are to either lie like a doormat or confess and hope that they will take the Lord's path and forgive me for my sins. The short of it is, I think I was spotted by him, and the things I've said to who I know now as priest Jordan Long have been things of Sodom and Gomorrah level, and just like the poor saps of that town, I know I'm heading to hell first class for opening my big mouth to him. I recognized his voice from my first attempt to rid myself of my sins in the confessional not too long ago, but I became more comfortable with the mad priest after sitting in on one of his sermons. He had a different take on faith that I hadn't heard before, and he recognized that humans, while being extremely resilient in certain aspects of life, could also be terribly weak in others. He actually sympathized with us mere mortals instead of chastising us and riddling us with Catholic guilt for our shortcomings. Hence the moniker that I gave him and that he laughed about when I called him the first time. Mad priest, he said, before pausing, okay. But it's true, because neither Pope nor nun, since I've been in this game, have ever been understanding as he regarding such subjects, and I doubt there ever will be for however long I have left here. But even with that, when I started to speak with the mad priest in confession, I tempered him into my world of lust, afraid that he'd... Afraid that if he had heard what was really on my mind, he would break through the confessional booth and drag me out to publicly ridicule me like the famed shame walk by Queen Cersei in the Game of Thrones series. So I provided for him my most elementary thoughts of sex and relationships in the beginning. I talked of the boring stuff, like growing old with a partner, having a companion that you love and respect and making children that would grow into law-abiding citizens, blah, 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 blah. Then as time passed and I became comfortable with him, I would mix in a little of what was really going on in my brain, like wanting my hair pulled, my ass smacked and my nipples bitten red. So as you can imagine, I was super surprised I was super surprised when he didn't tell me there was a special place in hell for me. Actually, on the contrary, he was very forthcoming. So much so that I thought he might be setting me up by the time. Sorry, guys, one more set. On the contrary, he was very forthcoming. So much so that I thought he might be setting me up. But by the time we reached the end of my venting, no matter how much I let him into my sick mind, he would tell me to return. And even went so far as to tell me his confessional schedule so I've made sure to only see him. Now imagine that. Back in the convent, with me being able to express myself without fear and shed tons of guilt elsewhere, I actually found myself being a better nun Maybe it's weird to say it, but I feel more connected during prayer as well. The sisters tell me that my work is improving and I contribute more to my convent duties. In my social studies class, I'm more patient with the kids and I actually interact with the students instead of forcing myself to be present. Now, I've heard Sister Tiffany and some of the other girls that weren't virgins when they decided on this life talk about the power of sex and the release you achieve from it. They called it the ultimate reset button. And I have to say, every time I leave from the talks with the mad priest, I feel something of the sort. Now, don't get me wrong. (laughs) What I want is the real thing. But for now, it's an acceptable constellation prize. Germany and some of the super hot dads that pick up my students at the end of each school day are now a distant memory and have been replaced by the mad priest in our conversations. But I'd be lying if I didn't say part of me wonders if he's. Only allowing me to speak of such things without judgment because he's secretly as freaky as I am. It wouldn't be that far fetched. Actually, I like that. He's kind of hot. But the real reason why that would be cool is because the selective enforcement of laws between males and females in Catholicism have never been fair. Nuns have never been accused of the horrible acts that priests have across the globe and at any time, but still the males of the faith have continued to create caveats in which their clergy doesn't come to be questioned. Bullshit. While us nuns are expected to act like, well, fucking nuns and remain completely devoted while those guys get away with the shit you really should go to hell for. They're assholes for that as a whole, but the mad priest seems to be different and he seems to understand the thirst of the flesh from both sides of the coin. You're 100% correct, he told me the other day when I spoke to him about what's expected of nuns in comparison to priests. <sighs> Some men of this faith, just like in the outside world, set universal rules that they themselves don't abide by. No offense, I told the father, but that's bullshit. Excuse my language. But, he said, it's no different from the unfairness of being born into an affluent family or a family that has none. What? What? I asked him I mean to say I mean to say that things are not fair. Life is not fair. But at but you as an individual alone choose your own journey. You've told me you don't indulge in, you don't indulge in drug, drugs or drink, no? Correct, father. Do you complain about those who grasp some satisfaction in doing so? No, father. And why do you think that is? I don't know, father. Because you haven't had it to know the effect and two, you don't desire it. <laughs> okay, father, but I do desire sex. Are you sure it's just sex that you desire? Uh yeah. That's the reason why I'm spilling my guts to you. You could just have well you could just have well spent the time that you spend with me satisfying your urges. What are you saying then, father? I don't really want to have sex because I can tell you now that you're wrong. You may want to actually have sex. Yes, that's true. But you may be searching for something deeper. Have you ever thought about that? Like what? I told the father. I don't know. A connection, perhaps. Uh, I don't think so. Well, think about it like this, the father said. Sex on the surface is something of primal nature. Two bodies coming together, literally connecting to each other, until this miraculous end comes. But after that end comes, no matter how good it is, if you're not connected past the physical, the opposite happens—a disconnect that can be so dire in comparison that you wonder if it was worth, if it was worth what happened previously. Wow, I told him, really? Ah, huh? I, I, I think so. The father said. You don't know, Father, I said quizzically. We're, we're talking about you and your desires, not mine. But you can only know of this dis- disconnect you speak of if you felt it, Father, right? Uh, let's get back to you, he told me. Aha, there goes those setting of rules that the judge himself doesn't abide by, Father. Uh, I didn't break any rules or commandments. This is your confessional, not mine. Oh, you're slick, father. No, he said. It's reality is all. Okay, let's switch things up then. You tell me what all your desires are. Thank you, but no, said the father. Why not? I asked him. Because you're not a priest. And two, I didn't ask for your your advice on my personal life. (sighs) I have to admit, that one hurt. Here I am giving this guy all of my proverbial goods, letting loose of everything that I that could in that could end my tenure as a nun and he can't meet me halfway? What a dick. Alright, I told the father, well I think this is our last session then, Mr. Holier than thou. Are you sure about that? He asked. Quite. Okay. Well, I wish you luck and blessings in your journey, and my hope is at the end of the day, you find your happiness in more ways than just the physical whatever i told him and i left the confessional i was so pissed that i bypassed my usual immediate exit to the side and went to the front of the church for a quick prayer to ease my heartache prick i don't know exactly how long i was there but when i was done i walked outside and saw the mad priest speaking with his parishioners amongst the church steps shit by the time i realized what i had done he was staring at me and it was too late I didn't help the matter any by when I masked my face with my hand like a second grader playing hide-and-seek. Great job, Miss Inconspicuous. I took off down the steps like I was on a fast break play on, on the basketball court, but there he was watching my every move, and I knew that he knew the ID of the confessional slut. <laughs> you know, I'm freaking out now as I'm writing this, but I remember at the time not being as scared. In fact, part of me wanted him to know it's me. I must have a death wish if that's true, because it'll be exactly that if he does decide to look me up and tell my convent of our sexual therapy sessions. But in all honesty, part of me is starting to care less. Of course, what happens in the confessional stays in the confessional. It's a seal that all priests must abide by when they become ordained. But I have to imagine I wouldn't be the first person to have something leak from them. If not for any reason, priests are human too, but my prayer is for him to keep his mouth shut. But if I'm found out, it would only be because he said something, which would ostracize us both. (laughs) There's a thought. He rats me out. I'm kicked out for my sins. And because he broke his confidentiality seal, he's kicked out. Then with both of us kicked out and lost in a world we are not a- equipped to deal with, we come together and live happily ever after. Ah! Ha, ha. Ah! Yeah, right. Like that'll ever happen. And boom! Yeah. So that is the journal entry two eighty eight for none um i hope that you liked it i hope that you loved it i hope that even if you didn't you listen and you learned something from it man so i'm gonna go continue with this um i don't know how much further i got left how things are gonna you know how the pipe is gonna bust or whatever but um yeah we're getting on getting on man so like i said i hope you liked it and um as you know you can get a hold of me on my instagram at at michael the Or on my email, mzzack199 at gmail.com. And that is it. That is all. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.